coming from the Springboks and Kondia over the top it goes. Creel kicks ahead. Welcome to SA Rugby Podcast. Knocked on Mark Keohan, Kevin Ferguson, the money man, and James Dalton, a World Cup winning Springbok. One week of the World Cup. Predictable, unpredictable. Uh, from a betting perspective, Kev, is it where you think it's gone? And what will be in for the next three weeks? Well, yeah, it's been, it's been a tough... I think I'm, 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 well, I'm up. But uh, it's been a tough uh, week for betters because... How do you get the form to, to, to choose these teams? The two tier one teams very seldom play tier tier uh, two teams, or tier one teams don't play two, two, tier two teams. And it's, it's a bit of a nightmare to try and get some sort of cross-reference form to these, to these games. So it's, it's you know, but, but saying that the bookies are, are just as, uh, as in the dark as we are. James, your, your opening thoughts? Uh, specifically, we'll start with the Springboks against uh, the All Blacks. We both felt that the Springboks would win it, should win it, by a score. Mm. Yeah, look, I, I, had, I had the Springboks by at least four to six points, um, and I was quite confident with that. So, predictable. <laughs> yeah, well, the All Blacks beat us, so predictable. Mm. Unpredictable. Uh, yes, that we lost. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a, a, a good World Cup so far. Uh, however, albeit said, uh, I think some of the runaway scores are a bit disappointing in terms of the overall quality, that, that, the value proposition that's been added to the World Cup. Well, we'll come back to the All Blacks uh, Springboks because it'll probably dominate our conversation. But on your point of predictable runaway scores, Italy have never won back-to-back games in the last, I don't know, what, 100 years. They've won back-to-back games in a week uh, by beating Namibia and they might beat in Canada. And that says the sad state of, of rugby in the world because Canada should be strong. The United States should be strong. These were two teams pre-professional rugby in 1996 that were always hardened teams. They made it to quarterfinals. You played a pool game against them. Uh, you knew you were in a game. And uh, you know, you look at that, the Canadian side in 91 that pushed the All Blacks close. You look at the side in in 95 that you guys beat 20 no, but it was a hell of a contest against one of the great Springbok teams as it turned out to be. And uh, Kevin, you played with half those play- guys during your, your playing days in, in Canada. If we talk about this wonderful growth of the game, the New Zealanders getting better, uh, Springboks getting better, England being entrenched, but where is the growth of the game? Well, if you look at some of these results, it doesn't seem like there is. There's certainly no continuity uh, um, been developed. The game certainly is not uh, not improving. Well, there's, uh, there's certainly attempts to, to grow it in, in North America with the professional leagues. There's a professional league in, in Canada now and a professional league in America. Um, so they, they, they've introduced that. But until they get private money and these things take off... Um, but guys, are we not also expecting too much like from, from uh, the USA? I mean, no. you know... No the way. reality, the reality is, the guys would rather the, the top stars, the top talented guys would rather play American football. I agree. Would rather go play baseball. But what, what do they? What so do you know, they play? Is, what? are we are we maybe putting too much emphasis that that uh, England, uh, the USA, because of the sheer size, should be a, a, a strong rugby nation? I'll tell you why. The, I'll tell you why they should be, and I get your point. 
But if you look at all the, the NCAA schools in America that offer scholarships to football players, America has the biggest base of registered rugby players in the world. As soon as college finishes at a young age, 21, you've got a lot of athletes that, are, that have been trained and disciplined for years. I don't know how many, how many, how many colleges and universities there are in the States, but it's a, it's a crap lot. So then you've got all these players. There's no leagues for, for football after, col after, after college. So you either make it in the NFL or you don't. Yeah. And then what sport do guys play? And that's where a lot of the players come from in, in America is from colleges, ex-varsity athletes that were paid to go to school. And, and a lot of those schools are, are very professional in the way that they run their operation. So to me, it's massively disappointing that America has not exploded because the threat's always been there. That if America ever takes rugby serious, then the whole world's in trouble. Well, we've, we've, seen, been, that we've, with, been, we've, we've been saying seen that with sevens, and when they have started taking it seriously. Oh, well, the whole world is in trouble with Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> but we've seen in the sevens, like this, this, this exactly. season, I mean, they made seven finals. Uh, yeah. They're good players, and they, they all, primarily, they, they're born and bred in America. That's not and, and a lot of those guys, Mark, are, are on track scholarships. Guys that run, you know, that are all that are playing for, uh, running and competing for the top schools in America. Again, they they've got so many varsity athletes that go to these schools because it's all they've got broadcast deals. They've got, you know, it makes it makes the varsity rugby here look like uh, like a production I would put together. This result against England, it puts them back. Yep, absolutely, and and Canada. Canada um, puts them back. Yep. Uh, so you've got you've got North America. Yeah. You look at it and you think, they're not even a factor in world rugby. Nope. Then you've got Tonga, Fiji and Samoa, not a factor in world rugby. No. Then you look at Georgia, brave, Russia, brave at best. Mm. And where are we back to? If I want brave, I'll watch Mel Gibson in Braveheart. You know, it's just... <laughs> but then we go, we go back to France. When you get brave, you look at the collapse of the Roman Empire. <laughs> <laughs> and that history is scholarship yeah. important. Sorry, wrong, at, wrong conference. Wrong conference. <laughs> but you look at you look at France. Yeah. Been poor for so long. Argentina been nowhere since 2015. That's two thirds of the World Cup teams we've already just taken out. They they they're on a on a wonderful four four week kind of hit up. And then you look at where the game has improved. It's improved in Wales. Okay. Better coaching kind of better adherence to the principles of professional sport. You look at Ireland, better coaching. And I hate to say it. The common denominator is what? New Zealand coaches that they brought in. Yeah, yeah. So yeah but also you must remember, you also have the, 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 the influence of players from all over the world going to play rugby in, uh, in Wales and in the, in the UK. So, you know, you're all, all of a sudden your, your, your input on a, on a, on a skill level, um, overall uh, education on the game, is improved. I mean, you look at the Premier F Football League. I mean, 30 years ago, there was no, no Premier League. All of a sudden, they got players in from all over the world. And, and now it's, uh, it's, 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 it's probably one of the best uh, 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 competitions uh, in, 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 in football. I so, you know, so, you know, similarly, that's why I think the Welsh and Irish and England rugby has improved is because of all the foreign players that are applying their trade abroad. But also, but also, I just want to reinforce this point. In you speak to the players uh, and you see the interviews. They talk about this New Zealand culture that was brought into their game and it was non-negotiable on, on fitness, conditioning, discipline and skills. You even look at when Graham Henry went and spent that season with Argentina. He asked them, do you want to always be that brave side or do you want to play football? Because 
Argentina was a side that the guys with the qualifier years were the two midfielders. And if they broke, if they went through a gap, they slowed up so the pack to, could get to them. So it was, you've got to start backing your skills and, and changing your style of play. Mm. Uh, and Wales, first under Henry, then Hansen, and now Gatland, are finally where you'd see a New Zealand side would be. So the, the quality in play is no different in each country. It's the coaching and the kind of application to conditioning. Sure. And when I see this World Cup, you can just see the top six nations that have come there conditioned uh, with squads with good depth, decent coaches. Uh, and we always knew that was going to be the case. Because I look at how England swatted aside uh, uh, Tonga and everyone on social media damning of England's kind of performance. But after 20 minutes, they knew the score. Uh, Billy Vinopola had taken a massive hit. And all I think Eddie Jones thought was, I need these guys to get through this game because this was, it was going to be about getting the odd to, uh, Tongan uh, torpedo, yeah. but nothing else. Yeah. And then you look at Ireland. Scotland had a flurry two seasons back, and everyone thought under Gregor Townsend something's happening. No depth. And you mentioned that last year. The minute they lose two or three players, and, and where did it also start for them? They had some good young uh, uh, New Zealand and South African players, that, six of them that they put into the squad. Two of them are left. And uh, some kind of gone past their Sawadat, and some have kind of been injured. But Scotland, in that first 50 minutes, you knew weren't going to be a fact against Ireland. No, they were. They were I don't know. I don't think it was the fact that Ireland was so good, Mark. I think Scotland were just yeah. absolutely yeah. shite. And then everyone raves about the Argentina-France game because as a spectacle, and it came down to a drop goal and a missed kick. But it was two poor teams playing. You, you know, yeah. it's, it's, uh, I think there's two sides to this, to, to this World Cup. As much as we're talking about how the Tier 2 nations have gone backwards or some of the nations have uh, regressed in terms of overall uh, level of, 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 of performance, it's the first time in a World Cup where you actually can talk about six potential nations winning the World Cup. Well, again, and I think that just affirms uh, my point earlier on, that, that, the, that the IRB have been really just feathering their own their own power base and it's you know if you want you know I hate when people talk about global expansion and this and that and they just give it lip service it's, yeah. it's pathetic but if you're a player um, who's very talented and at 21 Toulon Wasps Leicester Bayou and you from Fiji or Fijian heritage or Tongan or, or uh, Samoan and you know after three years you can either play for England you can play for Wales, you can play wherever you're based. Why would you not take up that opportunity? Play in a team that's in, considered the top six team in the world, for a club that's one of the wealthiest, and kind of set your family up. What, are they, what incentive are they giving yeah, to those players to want to play for Samoa, to play 10 internationals a year, to kind of have all the luxuries that the other teams have, and to say, I play my club rugby there, but I play my international rugby there, and every fourth year, we get a chance to showcase how good we are as a nation. And it's by fluke that a Tongan side arrives and knocks over someone at a World Cup or a Samoan side or a Fijian side. And, every, and the world always goes, wow, if we could only see those guys together for a season and you never see that same team play again. They all go off and they're superstars in that European leagues. And, and if they haven't played for those nations, you see them pop up in an England jersey and a... In a, in a Wales jersey. In a French jersey. Yeah. And a Welsh jersey. The yeah. only place you just don't see them is in a South African jersey, and I wouldn't mind if they were in a South African jersey. No, so when you look at the, when you look at the, if 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 Africa had teams like the Islanders, that that were where rugby was was entrenched and it was rich and it was part of the culture, then we would also be in the same boat, benefiting from from peripheral countries that would be feeders to us. 
It just seems... Well, if there was a half-decent player that came out of Zimbabwe, that came out of Namibia, at 20, he will be down here studying or be in an academy because he's going to choose to play for South Africa if he's good enough. And that's also well, a we, sad Beast thing. Beast is, is a typical example. That's an example. That. He came here at 18 and said, this is where I'm going to settle and this is where I'm going to play. So yeah. if you look at the, the World Cup, England's performances, the opening cameo from Wales against Georgia, uh, Springboks All Blacks, and obviously um, um, Ireland... Who do you see being there in the last four? Is it the same kind of team you, you felt pre-tournament? Yeah, nothing's really changed to, 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 you know, to change that mind. I mean, the, the box lost by 10. But the score flattered New Zealand more than... Uh, the score was very It was flattered. a one-score game. It was a one-score game and there was a five-minute period of, of, of madness in that game. To change the whole complexion and just you know left everybody like so south africa will be there uh, england definitely new zealand and then who's going to be the third that's the the fourth that that to me is the the question uh the wales or ireland wales yeah wales or ireland. And, well, I, and, and i think it will be wales I, well wales wales or yeah. no ireland's not going to beat uh, south africa so i mean it's it's, it's going to be wales or um or Australia, who's going to be the fourth team there? Well, it will be Wales. We don't want the Aussies there, do we? No, God. No, no, please. No. no, 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 no. But, uh... into my microphone now. <laughs> Looking at the South African context, uh, deficiencies in the team, definitely, that were showing up, but still a very quality outfit, and I think what the New Zealand media said, they're the real deal. There's no fluke. They played well in the rugby championship. They were, there's a score in this game. And we, the New Zealand media were, we expect to meet them in the final, see them in the final again. Uh, so there is that respect for the, for the box and that. What troubled me a bit was post the match, how much emphasis has now gone to that whinge about the referee again. Uh, oh, Mark, I, I did think, I agree. And I, you know, have you ever heard me talk about a referee in the years that you've known me? No. Never. I and I, but that referee was, was shocking. It was a shocking game. And, and it, I don't. It's not an excuse to to for, for the for the Bach loss, but you, there's so many what if factors it, it it brings into the equation. Like that sliding doors movie. If if he'd have done, if he'd have penalised the guy there, what would have changed? Because it would have been a different event that took place yeah. going forward. Mm-hmm. And so, I've never complained about refereeing other than when I played. And that referee was clueless. He shouldn't referee a game of that magnitude again, ever. I mean, and what, what, what annoys me is when I see someone like um, the Welsh guy today refereeing Canada. Um, and I'm thinking, why in God's name is he refereeing a game that, that, that's so inconsequential? Sorry, Canada, but, but Canada, Italy, and you've got um, Nigel Owens refereeing. And you've got South Africa versus uh, New Zealand. And you've got, uh, what's the guy's name? Jerome Gassas. Jerome Gassas. How, how disconcerting is that if you're a player or a coach that a week into the tournament, World Rugby feels compelled to put out a statement saying, sorry, the officiating is not up to standard, it's inconsistent, is when is there going to be an accountability to referees? And we've spoken about this ad nauseum, we've written how many columns, that so many refereeing decisions have a major outcome on a game, and there is no consequence to... The referees have a massive uh, impact uh, on the game and with very little accountability. 
And uh, I think that it's, it's been raised uh, post the World Cup is that, uh, you know, we hope that there's not going to be incidents where teams are going to be playing a semi or a final with 14 men. So, so the referees have a massive impact. In saying that, if we had beaten New Zealand, would we even be talking about how poor the referee was? Mm, good question. Well, I reckon in this country... No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't. But that's, that's, that's inherently South Africa's weakness. We are mentally, at some times, very, very weak-minded. Um, we tend to like to blame peripherals and things around us instead of taking accountability for our own actions and our own performances. The reality is the All Blacks, regardless of, of referee, scored more tries than we did. And that's why they won the game. Period. Who's going to win the World Cup? And we're going to revisit this every week, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to win the World Cup? Every uh, week, can I say another nation? Of course you can. <laughs> Mark, I hate to say this, because uh, I was born in Wales. I live in South Africa, and my parents, my, my, dad, my dad's family is Irish. But England... Yeah, I like the, the English are a very, very well-balanced rugby team with a lot of depth, clever coach, um, certainly the side to, to be uh, wary of. And again, you know, obviously South Africa, and you can't write the All Blacks off. You know, they've been uh, all number one since 2008. Yeah, I think for everyone who's, especially in the Southern Hemisphere, and I, and when I say Southern Hemisphere, it's New Zealand, South Africa, in terms of rugby, mm. once that New Zealand... South Africa final, and it is a rematch, and it's 95 relived. But the team that for me has put down the early marker is England. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Wow, Kevin, we're all in, a, yeah, for all sure. in agreement this week. Yeah. Look, yeah, look I didn't, I, next week. I, I, wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't convinced against Tonga, but, but you know, it's Tonga. So, you, you know, yeah. like you said, when you're playing the Islanders and, and, and they're throwing themselves like spears at you, you really want to avoid injury. Yeah. Whereas, um, Today against the U.S., they look clinical. 40, 40 odd nothing. Never expected that. I thought it'd be a twenty-point game, especially when you're mixing and matching your players and your teams. So I think that to me, England went through that period where Eddie Jones, I think, was one one loss away from being fired, and now slowly and slowly um, building it up, uh, go, right momentum. So I think that they're looking to peak at the right time, like everybody does. But, for, but only one team can. And I think that for me, I think they've gone into 4-1, uh, to 9-2 to maybe with, with New Zealand beating uh, South Africa. They still offer great value for, 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 for a bet. And, and I haven't seen a better team at the World Cup than England. All right, you heard that from the money man. James, thanks. We'll chat next week. And, uh, and for those who are watching this weekend, expect the box to pump Namibia by 80 points. And expect Wales to beat Australia.